This is Mayo Clinic Talks, a curated weekly podcast for physicians and healthcare providers. I'm your host, Daryl Chutka, a general internist at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Fibromyalgia is a very common cause of chronic pain, and it's estimated to affect at least 10 million people in the United States and up to 6% of the world population. Diagnostic criteria have been established by the American College of Rheumatology, but making a diagnosis of fibromyalgia can still be challenging. It's not uncommon for patients with fibromyalgia to go from provider to provider seeking a cause for their chronic pain. With us today to discuss some of the newer insights regarding the evaluation and management of fibromyalgia is Dr. Senjeev Nanda, a general internist in the Division of General Internal Medicine in Rochester, Minnesota. Dr. Nanda works in the Fibromyalgia Clinic at Mayo and has also been co-director of the Mayo Fibromyalgia CME course. Sanjeev, thanks for coming and discussing this interesting topic. Well, thank you for having me, Daryl. Well, let's talk about what fibromyalgia really is. Um, What's a good definition of this? Well, uh, fibromyalgia is a disorder that causes pain all over the body, sleep problems, fatigue, often emotional and mental distress. Fibromyalgia amplifies painful sensations by affecting the way our brain processes signals. This means people with fibromyalgia are more sensitive to pain than those without the disorder. So they kind of basically hurt all over. They hurt all over. Some days are worse than others. Some days are better than others. So this can fluctuate from time to time. When Do they have uh, like weeks at a time that are better, or is it more specifically hours? It's, each patient is different. So mm-hmm. some people may have more pain in the morning. Some people may have more pain for a couple of weeks and better for a couple of weeks. Each individual is quite different. Okay. Now, are there things that we know can trigger these flares, or is that even known? Sure. So a lot of patients, sometimes depression can trigger a flare, sometimes a stressful situation. Sometimes things like a motor vehicle accident can trigger a flare. Well, when patients would come in and we see them on our schedule, we would kind of not look forward to seeing them because we didn't know what caused fibromyalgia. Uh, We didn't have a good way of diagnosing it, and we didn't really have a good treatment for it. But there have been some changes regarding what's going on in terms of causing it, this uh, central sensitization. Can you explain what that is? Sure. It's what we used to explain it to patients, what their fibromyalgia pain is all about. So central sensitization basically refers to amplification of pain by the central nervous system. This condition of the nervous system is associated with development and maintenance of chronic pain. Mm -hmm. When central sensitization occurs, this nervous system goes through a process where it kind of gets wound up and gets regulated in a persistent state of high reactivity. This persistent state of high reactivity lowers threshold for what causes pain. So there are two main characteristics of this. One is allodynia, the other is hyperalgesia. Allodynia occurs when a person experiences pain with things that are not normally painful. For example, when you and I put on our socks, we might feel it for a couple seconds, but people with fibromyalgia may feel their socks all day long. Hmm. The other concept in central sensitization is uh, hyperalgesia. Hyperalgesia occurs when a stimulus that is 
typically painful is perceived as more painful than it should be. So for example, when you shook my hand today, I know you've been lifting weights there. Oh yeah, I'm buffed. I, my hand hurt a little bit, but a person with fibromyalgia may go through the roof with the pain. Mm -hmm. So it's like these patients have their pain thermostat cranked up. The volume is cranked up, correct, yeah. under pain. So let's say a patient with fibromyalgia is going to undergo a procedure that has some degree of discomfort to it. Let's say they have a surgical procedure where there's going to be some post-op pain. Mm -hmm. How do they do compared to other patients? Do they have more post-op pain? They generally have more pain. They absolutely have more pain. So we try to talk to them before surgical procedures, let them know they're going to have more pain mm -hmm. and how to deal with that pain. We give them some tools and some tips. Okay. Now, fibromyalgia now has specific diagnostic criteria. I think these were developed by the uh, American College of Rheumatology. Um, in the past, it was kind of a diagnosis of exclusion, but that's not really true today, is it? There are some specifics that we should be looking for. Correct. It's no longer a diagnosis of exclusion. First, it originally came in 1990, which was a tenor point examination, where you needed to have at least 11 out of 18 tenor points to be diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Then in 2010, 2011, they came up with a new criteria where they use the white pain index score and they also use a symptom severity score. Now in 2016, it's no longer a di diagnosis of exclusion. Mm -hmm. So do both men and women get fibromyalgia? Both sexes get fibromyalgia, typically more women than men. Okay. And how about children? Is this something of middle age or does it? It can uh, happen at any age from children to elderly adults. The prevalence is mostly between 25 and 60 years old. Okay. And are we aware of any risk factors for why some might get this than others? So there are risk factors associated with that. It could be post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. It could be a physical trauma like a motor vehicle accident. It could be a viral illness like Lyme's disease. So there are many hypotheses of what causes the pain. But nobody's proven anything in terms of the specific No know, one's proven event. anything yet, and there's no blood tests available at this time. Okay. So how do these patients typically present for the first time? Because I know these patients often go from place to place, uh, but how are they usually presenting to the provider at the first time? They can have all kinds of symptoms. Sometimes they'll have numbness and tingling in their extremities. They'll see their doctor, they'll get worked up, no answers given to them. They'll go doctor to doctor to get an answer. And uh, sometimes they're looking for a neurological cause for their symptoms, so we'll send them to a neurologist. The workup will come back negative. They might have sleep issues. They might have some depression, some anxiety. So it can manifest in a wide variety of symptoms. Mm -hmm. You mentioned sleep issues, and I've noticed that a lot of the patients that I see with fibromyalgia have <laughs> problems with sleep. And I didn't know if there was a connection or not, but they almost always seem to exist. And I've often wondered, is the sleep deprivation contributing to fibromyalgia or does fibromyalgia contribute to the insomnia? Any thoughts? We're not sure which came first. Yeah. But certainly if you have a lot of pain, sometimes you have difficulty sleeping. Sometimes those patients sometimes have poor sleep hygiene habits. Mm -hmm. So we usually tell patients to maybe go to bed the same time every night, avoid electronics one to two hours before they sleep, um, sometimes use a white noise generator like a fan, uh, get a moderate amount of physical activity throughout the day, avoid caffeine late in the day, maybe mm -hmm. after 2 p.m. So basically all the good uh, sleep hygiene that we would recommend in somebody with insomnia. 
does improving the sleep improve the fibromyalgia symptoms or are they kind of separate? In most patients they do. So getting a good night's sleep makes us all feel better. Yeah. For example, when I get a good night's sleep or you get a good night's sleep, we have a more productive day the next day. Okay. Let's talk about how we manage these patients. Let's say they are diagnosed uh, and now we're gonna start treating them. How do we start? Well, there's many ways to treat uh, fibromyalgia. Uh, you can treat them with medications or self-management strategies. Are th is this pain a neuropathic pain? So we would use uh, medications such as gabapentin, uh, uh, drugs such as that for uh, neuropathic pain? Sure, we've used drugs which are FDA approved such as uh, duloxetine, Arsambalta, Savella, and Lyrica. Mm -hmm. And non-FDA approved drugs which we've used in the past for gabapentin and it does work for their pain. Okay, is it known why? Why they work? It kind of turns down the volume on the pain. Okay, all right. What about non-pharmacologic treatment? You work in the fibromyalgia clinic, and you work with the team, I understand. Right. So how do you approach these patients as a team? So as a team, we have, they meet with a nurse, they meet with a physician, and then they have a class that goes over fibromyalgia with them. So it's about a three-day process. Uh, the self-management strategies include cognitive behavioral therapy, so we work on sleep hygiene, we work on socialization, we work on uh, positive thinking, things like that. Mm -hmm. We also work on relaxation techniques such as yoga, tai chi, and then we also talk about exercise. Now, one of the problems with treating fibromyalgia is we don't really have a medication or a treatment which makes their symptoms go away. Uh, do you find that when patients have more education about what fibromyalgia is and how it presents and how these medications work, that alone gives them some reassurance, makes them better? That makes a big difference in their lives. So that's what our whole program is about, the fibromyalgia program, is to give them the reassurance, give them education about their fibromyalgia, different treatment options, and a path to getting better, mm -hmm. a roadmap to getting better. Okay. Now, one of the uh, problems with uh, diagnosing fibromyalgia is it can kind of mimic other, maybe more inflammatory arthritides, um, and that's been a problem that I've wondered about because there's been nobody that I can send these patients to until you came up with the fibromyalgia clinic, but uh, you're kind of on your own. How do you, how do you rule out some of the other uh, inflammatory problems that could present as fibromyalgia? Well, we get some basic blood work first and do a good physical exam. Some of the blood work we'll get is ESR, CRP, anti-nuclear antibody, rheumatoid factor, CCP. And then we get other types of blood work also, like a CBC, uh, electrolyte panel, including calcium levels, uh, liver function tests, renal function tests, thyroid, AM cortisol, and morning glucose. Okay. So that pretty much will rule out other things. So we can't get into too much trouble by uh, telling patients they have fibromyalgia. Uh, and most often it's not that difficult because in many cases they've had these symptoms for uh, quite a long time. Correct, and they've already gone through multiple workups in the past. Yeah. And yeah. you can review their workups and you can tell that they have fibromyalgia. Okay. A lot of patients with fibromyalgia also have fatigue as part of their symptoms. 
Does this commonly go along with, with the condition? Majority of the time it does go along with the condition. And if you're having chronic pain all the time, you're going to be more fatigued. Mm -hmm. If you're not getting a good night's sleep, you're going to have more fatigue. If you're depressed and anxious with fibromyalgia, you're going to have more fatigue. So it goes along with fibromyalgia. So are antidepressants a common treatment as part of this sure. condition? We can use uh, antidepressants sometimes. We use that. Sometimes we use things like gabapentin. So mm -hmm. it depends upon the patient. Okay. So it's, it's a constellation of things that seem to interact. The increased sensitivity to pain, which results in chronic pain. The, the insomnia, which results in fatigue, and then the fatigue itself, which is probably a result of a combination of the two. Correct. All right. So let's summarize. If you could just say a few sentences of what you would tell primary care providers about the evaluation and management of fibromyalgia. Just summarize it in just a few sentences. It's, it's difficult to evaluate fibromyalgia when you're seeing a patient, when you only have 15 to 20 minutes for an appointment. But uh, you need to rule out other things first because that's what the patients want. And uh, then after you rule out everything else, you get the blood work. Then you have to sit down and spend time with patients because they want to be heard and let them know what fibromyalgia is all about and what the treatment options are. Mm -hmm. okay. And that reassures the patient. What's the role of exercise in managing patients with fibromyalgia? Well, many patients are scared to start an exercise pro program because they feel it's going to make their pain worse. So what we usually tell people is start off slow and go slow in order to keep the symptoms from flaring up. So for example, consider walking two minutes a day and gradually building up to 30 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to happen next week, but over several weeks or a couple of months. Okay. And walking is one of the better exercises for these patients? It's a great exercise or any, or any low impact aerobic exercise is good, such as pool therapy. Okay. Do you work with physical therapy very often in the fibromyalgia clinic? We do. We do refer patients to physical therapy to give them some, uh, some tips, and we also refer them to occupational therapy also, how to conserve energy. Yeah. Now, I can imagine that there are patients who have been started on opioids for their symptoms of fibromyalgia, and I imagine that's not a good idea. How often do you see that? I'm seeing it less and less, but we had early on we see quite a bit of it. Uh, there's really no evidence that pure opioids such as morphine or oxycodone have any benefit in fibromyalgia. Mm -hmm. And in addition, opioid-induced hyperalgesia is a serious concern in which pain is made worse by opioid use. Interesting. Okay. So not a treatment for uh, fibromyalgia? Not at all. Okay. We've been discussing the evaluation and management of fibromyalgia with Dr. Sanjeev Nanda, an internist at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Sanjeev, thanks for sharing your expertise with us. Thank you for your time, Daryl. Join us here weekly at Mayo Clinic Talks. You can access and listen to over 60 different podcasts covering a variety of medical topics pertinent to the primary care provider. You can find us at ce.mayo.edu or your favorite podcasting app. If you've enjoyed Mayo Clinic Talks podcast, please subscribe. Stay healthy and see you next week.